Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Monday, everybody. Hour number two of the show, hour number one already in the books. John Glennon will join us in about 20 minutes. We'll break down everything going on with the Titans. We start with this quarterback news, though. This is Blaine gave the breaking news signal to start the show. I, I don't know if the signal's still working, but uh, and maybe the least surprising development that you will hear today, uh, Josh Heupel has named Joe Milton his starting quarterback. Uh, so Milton will take the first snap on the Vols host Bowling Green on Thursday. By the way, you can catch all that here on 104.5 The Zone. Uh, Milton started 13 games at Michigan. He was 87 for 152 passing, 56.6% completion. Five touchdowns, six interceptions. This was over three years that he played in a handful of games each year. He was 50 for 156 yards rushing with three TDs. He will start for the Tennessee Vols. They're 34-and-a-half-point favorites on FanDuel. And honestly, as bad as Bowling Green was last year, I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, well, you know, I'm interested to see if if Milton, uh, when I hear those numbers, only thing that stands out to me is his accuracy there. 56% is just not there. So I want to show uh, that he's gotten over, you know, he's overcome that and that uh, the effect of high pool coaching him and making decisions and it being a much more accurate passer, whether it be short, intermediate, or deep, he's uh, gotten better at it. So those are the things I'll be watching because when you look at his talent, he has a big arm, he can run. So all those things tell you that he should be a big-time quarterback. I think that's why he reached out to him and got him with an opportunity presented itself. So we shall see. But uh, I think the other guys are all capable. I just think they're a little more inconsistent. So let's see if he can stay consistent. If not, then we're going to be comparing them because all of them are probably going to play in this game. And we're going to compare all of them, which is different circumstances based off when the game starts, score, as you move along. Pressure is not as much there if you're up by 21 and now you're the quarterback. So I'm just kind of going to watch when you're given the opportunity who is more accurate, who had control, and who do uh, the players follow mm-hmm. and more so than anything else. So uh, it's a good thing to have, you know. So, But uh, they announced it, and all jokes aside, uh, we shall see. But I, I think there's no surprise to anybody that Joe Milton is the starting quarterback. I think everybody was already saying he was a starting quarterback last week. I mean, it was just like, hey, man, it's getting to that time. we got to do it. You've been saying that for months, though. When he got here, you don't go so get. They signed him, right? I, you I'm don't like, go. He's got to be the guy, right? You don't go get another guy if you like any of the guys that you have. If you thought one of them could do it, then away you'd go with with that guy. Well, I'm just using common sense meter. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, <laughs> so hey, wait, watch this. You could you could have three girls you're dating, but if you go outside of those three and you go date the other girl and you marry her, then that was the that was the girl, right? Yeah. Well, that's just that simple. Yeah, he had he had two other guys, three actually, Maurer, who who now is in the portal. Yeah. As well as T Hodge, the running back, uh, is in the portal too. Uh that, you know, you thought you, you liked them, but you didn't love them. And even Caden Salter in that mix before yeah, Salter, he was right. kicked off the team. Well, I don't know if he ever even practiced. No, he didn't take a didn't single. Didn't he have more right? he had what more incidents with the law than he did on field appearances right it was two to nothing yeah it was two two appearances before the police and zero appearances on the practice field <laughs> now he might have gone out there and bear crawled at 4 a.m or something with a strength coach yeah he's at liberty the home of the second chance yeah that should be their tagline well i mean the coach problem got, somewhere the coach else liberty a, well the coach got a second chance he sure did so yeah. did the ad there's a lot of second chances uh-huh. there uh-huh uh, but, hey, man, everybody deserves a second chance, They right? absolutely they do. deserve a second chance. And Joe Milton is getting his second chance with the Vols. <laughs> so there you go. Just tying it all together in a nice bow. Um, 
the backup quarterbacks for the Titans on Saturday night, I guess that was the third game. So they got their third chance, Logan Woodside and Matt Barkley. We talked about that a lot before the game. Like, one of these dudes needs to step out there and ball out. And it, they both had some mistakes. They both – it was up and down performance by both. So I put this question out on Blaine and Mickey um, late on Saturday night. Over 1,100 votes, almost 1,200. Who should be the Titans' backup quarterback? Logan Woodside, the clubhouse leader, 51.6% uh, now. Somebody just voted. Matt Barkley, 25.5%. Then I thought, I need another option, so I put get someone else, exclamation mark. 22.9% say get someone else. A couple of Josh Dobbs mentions. Then everybody wants Nick Foles after seeing him carve up the threes. There's like three people said, why wouldn't they just get Nick Foles? Because they have to trade for him and pay him a lot of money because you would inherit his quarterback or his, his contract. Yeah. yeah. I think he's making $4 million or somewhere around there. He's got two more years under contract at $4 million. So the Bears would have to eat all of the accumulation for his signing bonus. But you pay him $4 million a year. That's not terrible. Well, I'm thinking in in today's world, a backup quarterback being paid four million dollars not that bad. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was I forgot who it was. They were making like seven, eight million dollars as the backup. That was Marcus Mariota. Yeah, he was well, making like, a what? lot of money. As a... So you know, uh, yeah, man, that's a great job. What what AJ McCarron? He was making up there too. I think last year with the Texans or wherever he was the year before. Uh, so. I think four million if you have cap space, which yeah. I don't know if the Titans really actually have cap space. We have to you could redo some contracts and figure it out if you really felt like it was pressing. I don't think they're in that kind of situation. Um I really don't know. I, I want to give it Woodside. I saw a side to him that I hadn't seen. And that was the fight and the and the passion that I hadn't seen out of him before. So that shows me he wanted it. Still haven't seen the experience in a regular season game. We may not ever see it. Uh Barkley definitely, uh, I think, felt the pressure a little bit. Didn't play as well as I thought he would. So if it's a tie, I'm probably going a little bit more after watching Woodside right now. I was leaning towards Barkley before the game. I thought since he was only here two weeks, I thought he'd play a little bit better. I didn't like, you know, the interception he threw. It was in the crowd. It was just like, really, that's why you're the backup. Yeah. Right? You can't make that throw. Woodside got hit on the throw. Not going to make any excuses. He got hit. Maybe should have thrown it in the dirt. Maybe should have taken the sack. Not, people go, oh, he got hit on the night. No. He, he, guess what it says on the uh, stat sheet? I-N-T. Sorry, Charlie. So you can't bring it back. Uh, but I can see why that happened. So I can see that clearly. Barkley, there was no, and you know, it, that shouldn't have happened. Especially being a veteran guy who's been in this league and has been in some games. So I'm, I'm going to lean towards Woodside. Uh, yeah, so right now. But I... I I think they have great options there for both guys, so I don't want them to cut off either one of them, to be honest. I want them all to be up, ready to go, trying to figure out where you can do less players, a position that I think you can do less players and have flexibility to sign, to keep more players at other positions. I'm thinking wide receiver or maybe outside linebacker, but the running back, less players. Mm -hmm. Evans on the, on the, on the uh, COVID or injured list, I'm sorry, IR, then you got Sargent as your three. Blasting game can play fullback or tailback. We saw his he burst. Saw That's that what on made me, Saturday made night. me think of this. Yep. And then you got Henry, and then you got hopefully McNichols coming back. So, or, or do you take a less tight end? Maybe I maybe just go with three. three. With blasting game being able to kind of be a flex guy, I don't know if he can really do that. You know, the coaches may not look at it that way. Uh, to you know, to have an opportunity to open up another spot, maybe at pass rusher or wide receiver. 
Do you think, and you brought that up, I had even written that in my notes. Do you think they did some of what they did with blasting game on Saturday night was, let's see if this guy could be the tailback if he had to, if for emergency, like for a half at the end of the game. Let's just, because we know he can play fullback. We know he can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. We know he can play special teams. Just let's just give him a, a little bit of something to see. King gets nicked up. Something happens. Blasting game, you got to be the, you got to be the tailback for this half. I don't know if that was intended, by the okay. way. They just ran a screenplay. I think they want to work on screens because they, they're just not really effective at it consistently. And haven't been in forever. Forever, right? And, and to me, under Vrabel's kind of been the, the best coaching staff to, to get it done. That's still not where they want it. Uh, so I think that was just that. But you got to see his speed in the open field. So uh, in a crunch, I think he could be the number three tailback and the fullback special team guy. And the move guy maybe is the – I'm going to give it the H-back, H-back type. You know, because you're still leading in on blocks. You're still going out on patterns. He's, he can catch. He's, you know, so he doesn't have two left hands like me or, or maybe Lorenzo Neal at times. Uh, but, yeah, so I maybe that opens up a spot. You just never know. Well, you do three tight ends, only keep three running backs, like you said. Oh, you got some flexibility. There. Then got you have Evans then coming back. I don't know the extent of his injury. Yeah. He may be ready to go week one. Uh, McNichols, he has to get out of what he has ten days. So at some COVID, point yeah. it'll be over. Like him and Vrabel and the coaches. When is that time? Ten days will be up here coming pretty soon. Here, remember Vrabel got announced COVID a week ago Sunday. It was a week ago Sunday that he said he had it. So that means he probably tested. Po- I'm just guessing. Means he probably tested positive on Saturday late or Sunday really early in the morning. I guess it was Sunday really early in the morning. He went in. Took so his- he could be ready to go here on Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah. Is this yeah. is day eight then, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But day I'd eight. be concerned a little bit with the Ben Jones. I don't know when he went in, but we're just I'm just now finding out about it. So, yeah, I, I just want all the guys, all men on deck, let's yeah. go, our starters, and let's start practicing, get into a flow, and ready to go out Arizona. Arizona's an up-and-coming team. This is a team, is one of those teams that is scary because you don't know what to expect out of them. They can come out here and lay an egg. They can come out here and play really well. I watched them in the preseason. Murray did not look good in that game. He looked good, really good all last season, you know, except for, you know, they lost some close ones at the end. It, you know, kept them from uh, really doing damage there and making the playoffs, uh, you know, finishing in the middle of the road. So they... You give them a little bit of light with some of those young guys, and then they're going to have, you know, J.J. Watt, I mean, Hopkins. They got your boy, uh, Rondell Moore. Yep. You know, uh, they, they they got Kurt, a receiver. They they have some quality players, you know, pass rushers, Jones. I mean, man, they, they got some guys. So, uh, yeah, you got you want your best your best players out there starting this thing off right at home. I will say the one other thing I liked about Logan Woodside, the rush he had. We've been talking about he's a little more mobile, a little more mobile. He finally cut loose and had that 12-yard run where he even juked a guy. Um, but he showed that he can use his legs and get out of the pocket if he needs to, which he really hadn't done. We really hadn't seen that side of him, and we knew he was fairly mobile. But right. it's it nice to see him run on the one opportunity that he had and, and, and not you know take a big shot or anything there. Uh, we'll take a big shot at learning about the Titans next with John Glennon. Broadway Sports own Glennon Sports will join us next on Blaine and Mickey latest on the Tennessee Titans.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Let's talk Titans now with the guy who covers the Titans and has for a minute or two, John Glennon. Broadway Sports at Glennon Sports joins us now. JG, what year is this for you covering the Titans? I don't want to say all of them, but is this all of them? Um, no, you know, because I, uh, I was, I covered the Predators for a good bit, you know, for the, uh, for the Tennessean. So technically, uh, you know, I wasn't covering the Titans during those years, but I've certainly been around for, for all the Titans. And, uh, I did cover the Titans way back in the dark ages, even the, uh, even the years that they played in, uh, in Memphis. Um, you know, so I've got some, uh, got some solid memories on that front. I believe that. Um, what are your solid memories of? Saturday night's game as far as guys putting up their last great case to make the team. I know every year, John, there are people, there are players that, that the fans just fall in love with. And this year it seems to have been Makai Sargent maybe is the first guy and Mason Kinsey is the guy right up there with him. Your thoughts on Saturday, who put their best foot forward for one final time? Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the wide receiver position has been so much fun to watch this year, you know, because of the depth, uh, you know, and, and the quality there and the competition, uh, you know, and, and you had to like what, what Cam Batson did in that game, you know, coming into that game, you know, maybe he's a guy a little on the outside looking in, at least, you know, that's what we think as far as speculation. Um, but, you know, he steps up, has another touchdown catch, has a few more catches in there, and, and I thought really put his best foot forward. Um, and, and Kinsey, you know, he had his share of catches too, uh, you know, he continues to show that he can get open, that, that he can produce. Um, so, boy, those that wide receiver uh, situation is really going to be a fascinating one to watch. But, you know, I, I wish maybe we could have seen a little bit uh, more out of the out of the quarterbacks, uh, or maybe I should say a little bit less in terms of the turnover yeah. situation. Um, but to me, I still thought that Logan Woodside, you know, had the better – uh, showing of, of the two, you know, both through an interception. Uh, you know, Logan Woodside's was actually returned for a touchdown. But to me, you know, Woodside's arm was hit. It wasn't necessarily a decision problem, whereas I thought, um, you know, Matt Barkley had a couple of poor decisions there. One, the pick, which in my mind, if it wasn't picked by, by Danny Trevathan, yeah, it was going to be picked off right, by yeah, like three guys. guys. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it it like a lineup uh, waiting on it there. And then, you know, and he threw the, uh, the out pass late. Um, I, I think it was either, I think it was to Kinsey. Uh, he threw an out late pass that should have been picked off uh, as well. So to me, you know, when you start running into problems with decision-making, that's one of the key things in a backup quarterback. And, and that's why I think Logan Woodside, Maybe if he was uh, uh, kind of the 2B, um, maybe going into the end of that game, I think he's maybe back to the 2A guy right now in terms of that battle for the backup. John Glennon, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey at Glennon Sports on Twitter. Uh, you can find him with Broadway Sports. Yeah, JG, were you surprised uh, with the, the Simon uh, release? A little, I would say yes and no, you know, because in, in some ways, certainly we know, you know, he's got the, the long history with Mike Vrabel. He knows uh, Vrabel, he knows the system, you know, there, there's history with Vrabel from, from Houston, from Ohio State as well. And, and he was, you know, he had, he had a, certainly a solid preseason. So I, I think to me what, what that move says uh, more than any kind of a disappointment in Simon, I think they're pretty pleased with what they've got from Derek Roberson. Um, you know, they, they've spoken highly of, of Derek Roberson's preseason. You know, Shane Bowen just the other day was talking about how he's, you know, he's matured. He's, he's more of a pro. 
uh, you know, and, and maybe they can trust him a little bit more. I think that was kind of the one one of the big questions about Roberson was, is he going to be consistent enough? Um, you know, the, I think Bowen said it earlier in the preseason, like, you know, if he's going to be out there for 15 or 20 plays, Shane Bowen can't wonder what's going to happen on five or 10 of those plays. So, but I, I think he's had a good camp. And, you know, I think there's probably more upside with keeping a guy like Derek Roberson than, than maybe, you know, John Simon, you know what you have, uh, but the ceiling, the upside is, is uh, you know, is not real high there. So, you know, Mike Vrabel today said John Simon, you know, he basically said he wouldn't rule out uh, a return to the roster or, or who knows, maybe even the practice squad for John Simon. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think it was anything that Simon did wrong. I think that speaks more to, uh, you know, what, what Roberson has done well. Well, the position that is still, you know, still up to debate is uh, the tackle position, offensive tackle, and I think Quisenberry started at that spot. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, how did you think he did, and uh, who do you think uh, is going to win out on that at that spot? Yeah, I thought you know he was he was solid, you know, uh, no uh, no glaring uh, errors, you know, no uh, no quarterbacks were were uh, decapitated on on his watch or, <laughs> or anything like that, which is which is good news. Um, I wonder if, you know, Kendall Lamb and, and Ty Sambrello have, you know, not been completely healthy yet, I don't think. You know, they're still sort of working their way back to, to full condition. And my guess, I, I kind of feel like either one of those guys, you know, if they're at full strength, is probably a, a notch above a Quisenberry at, at right tackle. So if you've got two more weeks to go here before the opener, and those guys continue to ramp up. I still think, uh, you know, it's it's more of a Lamb Sambrello pick than than I do Quisenberry. You know, maybe it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it turns out to be Quisenberry. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of what I see right now. And of course, you know, what's also the name that didn't come up today when when Mike Vrabel was talking about who might be starting at right tackle was rookie Dylan Raidens. <clears throat> um, you know, and, and certainly he's expected to be the right tackle of the future. You know, I'm I'm not crushed uh, if I'm a Titans fan knowing that he's not going to start the opener at right tackle. You know, this is a guy who's coming from FCS, you know, who played one game last year in college. So there's some factors working against Dylan Radens. You know, if it's halfway through the season and he's not contending for a starting spot or, you know, heaven forbid if it's next year and he's not in a position to be in a starting role, that I think is is one you really have to be worried about making that pick. But you know, I, I don't think it's the end of the world if Dylan Radens doesn't start, uh, you know, game one as a, as a rookie. Well, I'll let Mickey ask you who's going to make the final roster. I think this will be much funner. Any predictions <laughs> on trade from the Titans? Who you think has possibly going to get traded? Oh, wow, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the the, the position. Obviously, that that comes to mind, you know, and and this is not a shock, but but wide receiver, as we talked about earlier, you know, there's so much depth, um, you know, and probably more talent than we've ever really seen in the wide receiver room here. So, you know, does a guy like Josh Reynolds, uh, does that maybe uh, interest another team? You know, if if you've got a guy who you're really happy with in Marcus Johnson who you think maybe this guy is a three, or even Chester Rogers say, okay, this guy is a three, he can maybe play in the slot. Does, you know, does Josh Reynolds, who's been more used to playing on the outside, maybe he's a little bit uh, 
expendable now, and, and he certainly hasn't been able to, to show a whole lot because of his injury situation, which could certainly limit his trade value also. Uh, um, but, you know, other, other guys too, you know, Des Fitzpatrick is a guy that's drafted in the fourth round and might be crowded out of a position here. Now, again, he hasn't shown much in camp, but, you know, you would think some team out there might be willing to uh, to take a shot on a guy like a, like a Des Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, who, who certainly got the physical skills and maybe it's just a question of finding the, uh, a better fit and, and, you know, more reps, more snaps. So maybe, you know, that, that's kind of the position to me that, that seems uh, likely in terms of dealing players anyway. Um, you know, maybe in terms of bringing a guy in at a position, you know, or maybe are, are you still looking for a safety? I know the Titans have certainly added some some veteran safeties here recently um cut another one just the uh, the other day but you know the the depth there's still yeah, a little little bit of a question mark there um and the drop off after the first couple guys seems pretty significant so maybe that's an area that you that you address uh bringing somebody in for by trade well with john glenn and with glenn and sports broadway sports real quick i guess i want to add this to the roster kind of explain to our listeners how the Titans with injury, you know, uh, using the uh, IR as well as COVID-19 to help maneuver the roster to keep players. Kind of take us through how that can happen. Yeah, it's it's a, a tricky situation. It really, really makes uh, life uh, challenging to, to form the roster. Now, in order to place a player on IR for for the regular season, he has to be on the 53-man roster to uh, to start the year. So you can't put somebody on IR, you know, in the next couple of, uh, uh, you know, days or, or, you know, even leading up to the season. He's done. He's done for the year. Uh, if, if you want him again, if you want an injured guy, uh, he's got to be uh, on the 53 to start the season. Then you can put him on that IR, bring him back after three games. Okay. Now, COVID okay. – you know, makes it makes life interesting too because the guys on COVID do not count right now towards the 53 man roster. So if you've got Ryan Tannehill, Harold Landry, Ben Jones, Jeff Swaim, etc., um, you know they're going to be on COVID during last cuts. So that's conceivably four extra players really right there that uh, you know that you can bring on the roster. Now you're still going to have to make decisions down the line a little bit when those guys come off of COVID. But, you know, maybe at that point, maybe other teams have made their moves, have signed their players, and you can slip some of your own guys onto the practice squad uh, at that point without getting them claimed. So in that respect, maybe it helps the Titans a little bit there. Do they have to, when you do that, go from the roster to then the practice squad? Is there a 24-hour window? How quickly can that be done? Yeah, that is, uh, that's exactly right. It's a 24-hour window when you want to push a guy uh, from the 53 onto the uh, onto the practice squad um and and again you know there's going to be so many moves and so many players added here in the next few days you know maybe the hope is that that other teams will take care of their business sign who they want and so forth and then maybe a few a few days down the line you know maybe if you're just trying to slip some guys onto the practice squad there maybe they're less likely to get picked up by other teams who have said uh you know we're already set we don't need to make any more moves Maybe you get a little bit more fortunate and and more able to uh, to put guys in the practice squad that might have been at risk otherwise. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're on with John Glennon with Glennon Sports and Broadway Sports.
So, J.G. Blaine said, I'm going to leave these questions for Mickey, so I'm going to ask you, how many <laughs> receivers tomorrow, 3 o'clock, so we're, we're almost 24 hours away exactly, how many receivers, because people are mentioning the number seven, and I, I don't know about that, but how many and what and what are the I names know. after Julio <laughs> and A.J.? All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna go. You know, I on my last 53, which I did a couple of weeks ago, I did have seven. Even though I couldn't believe I was actually typing in seven names for the wide receiver spot, <laughs> I, I, I find it difficult to believe you can really, you know, make significant use of seven guys, uh, you know, regularly like that. But let's let's let me run it down. We got your AJ. We got your Julio. We'll we'll assume that Josh Reynolds is still here and healthy. We'll keep him on the roster. We'll keep Marcus Johnson, assuming he is healthy. Chester yeah. Rogers makes five. You know, I, I think uh, I think they love Nick Westbrook, you know, in terms of how he's improving and special teams. I think he is six. Uh, do I stop there? Yes. Yes, I stop there. I'm going to go with six for right now. And that leaves some some good guys out there. That's two draft picks in in Des Fitzpatrick and, uh, um, you know, Racy McMath. And and that's also leaving out there Cam Batson and Mason Kinsey. So, you know, there's certainly things that could change. And and I would not be unbelievably stunned if it does end up being seven. If there's any year to be seven, this is the the year to do so. But for right now, I'll, uh, I'll stick with the six. If it's seven, would it have to be the draft pick, the fourth rounder? Would it have to be Des Fitzpatrick? And I'm and and I, I know that's a slap in the face to Mason Kinsey's like second in the NFL in the preseason in catches, uh, and, yeah. and and Cam Batson has stuck around here for three years now. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, JG, you you, so. not only did you, you know, take that guy in the fourth, but you traded a, a fifth. Exactly. I mean, you traded exactly. a lot to get him. Yeah, yeah. You you gave up some draft picks. You gave up two fifth rounders and and uh, you know a, a better. Uh, or you know, 15 spots in the in the fourth to uh, to go get him. So I would think he tends to get the uh, the benefit of the doubt there. And you know, that there is something you know for for like Batson and Kinsey. You know, they bring a little to the table. You know, in terms of maybe they could be that slot guy, that that return guy. You know, add a little different element to the offense. So that's why you would look at them. But you know, maybe Chester Rogers is good enough in both those departments that you don't necessarily need. Uh, a Batson or a Kinsey, but I mean, you can really make a good argument for you know for nine of these guys. I would say at least uh, to be in the NFL roster. So it'll be very uh, interesting to uh, to see how things turn out by tomorrow. If Darrington Evans was healthy after what we saw from Blasting Game and those of us around here watched him play at Vanderbilt, if Darrington Evans was healthy, I would feel comfortable if I were them. I'd have running back slated for the practice squad, but I would roll with Henry. Evans and blasting game. And I'd feel fine with those three. Then that gives me more flexibility in other places, but because Darrington Evans isn't healthy and we have no idea when he was coming back, that makes a lot of question marks for me with the running backs. Cause then, then what do you do? Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. I, I think they'll play it probably safe there, you know, and, and, uh, and add Makai Sargent into that, into that mix, I think as well. And, you know, Brian Hill maybe would have had a shot before the, uh, the injury. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think Makai Sargent certainly, you know he's been that guy uh, during training camp, and he, he's kind of uh, done his thing and and uh, made quite an impression. So I think he's uh, he's good to go. And yeah, I, I certainly don't think that they're you know in any way ready to give up on uh, on Darrington Evans. Um, 
So, yeah, I think he's got to be part of the mix as well. But, yeah, it was interesting, you know, seeing Blossing game in the, uh, on Saturday night. And, you know, we're so used to seeing him just kind of put his head down and bury it in defenders' midsections and, you know, pave the way for Derrick Henry. But I think he showed us a little glimpse again of, of what he can do. You know, he only ran twice, but both of them came on third down, and he picked up first downs on, on both of them. And then, of course, that 50-yard screen pass, you know, that's a fullback showing a little bit of wheels uh, right there as well. So yeah, I like I like your theory there. If everybody was healthy, that might be a way to uh, to save a spot as well. But but unfortunately, not the case. John Glennon, always healthy as he joins us here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, I might have <laughs> missed it. I know one of the darlings was uh, in training camp with Sargent. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think the possibilities of him making the roster? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do think he's got a pretty solid shot right now. You know, as we were saying, you know, with Terrence and Evans' injury, I think they do have to have that extra extra back in there. Uh, you know, it's basically it's either going to be him or or Jeremy McNichols. Uh, I think in that spot, uh, McNichols, you know, is on is on COVID right now, so you don't have to to worry about him right now as much. Um, but yeah, what uh, boy, you know, I, I think Sargent has just responded to every challenge. And what I think has been interesting about him too is in some of these preseason games when we were seeing some of the other backs, like a McNichols, like a Brian Hill, struggle behind that that second or third team offensive line, and we were saying, boy, that offensive line, uh, you know, the, those guys can't open any holes or anything like that. Well, then all of a sudden, Makai Sargent is coming in in there, you know, and really behind the same group of second and third team guys, he's running better than anybody else. Um, you know, so I think if he's a decent enough pass protection guy, which I think he's okay anyway, I, I think he's got a a pretty solid shot at this point of, of making it. Well, I know they did uh, the uh, tribute video to, to Floyd Reese. What's the one to get your thoughts? And as well as the decals on the helmet. I, I don't know if a lot of people have mentioned that. Just kind of give your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, it was good to see uh you know the the Titans pay their uh respects to uh to Floyd Reese and and you and I certainly knew uh, uh Floyd very well over the years and uh um yeah, just such a just such a quality uh human being, you know. I think uh you know really the kind of guy that that sort of exuded just that that warmth. Um you know, you might have seen him Less than warm at times, uh, you know, no, in front warm. of football players, but uh, <laughs> um, just a just a good, uh, you know, solid guy, and and a guy, you know, from my standpoint in the media, uh, you know, the more communication we get, the the better. And he was a guy that that you know talked to us, that that respected us, um, you know. And and I'm not saying by any stretch that he's given away company secrets or anything like that, but just a good solid uh, uh, human being. And, and of course, you know, we all know the work he did in, in building those uh, early Titans teams uh, to, to one of the best teams in the NFL. So uh, great to see that, that respect for, uh, for Floyd. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure whether those decals remain on all year or not, um, but I certainly uh, hope that's the case, but uh, because uh, certainly a huge part of this franchise. Oh, no question about it. He was the, the best, uh, uh, I guess real quick, what were your thoughts on uh, Justin Fields and, and how he looked, and does he look like he's going to be uh, what everybody thinks he's going to be, and that is a franchise quarterback at some point? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't Justin hear that. Field, Justin Fields. 
What was your thoughts? Just seeing oh, him okay. live in action? Yeah, I, I thought I thought he was good. You know, he sort of got a little bit of a um, a rude welcome there. His first <laughs> drop back, uh, you know, resulted in a in a sack. Um, but I thought, you know, he he came around pretty well. Um, you know, I I kind of like the fact that they're not necessarily going to throw him right into the fire. I guess they've you know they've made the decision that uh, um, you know he's not necessarily going to be the the starter in the in game one. But yeah, absolutely. I think all the uh, all the talent is there. Um, so I think, yeah, boy, it's going to be interesting. There's uh, you know certainly a few rookie quarterbacks that are going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I'm sure you guys probably saw Trevor Lawrence too in the in the preseason game there against uh, against Dallas. Uh, man, uh, again, you know preseason and so forth, but he looked really sharp as well. So uh, good uh, good crop of youngsters coming in this year. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch. JG, good stuff as always, man. People need to follow you at Glennon Sports for all the latest on the Titans, and you cover the Preds too, and it'll be Preds season before you know it. And it's college football season, and it's just going to be everything season, and it's the most wonderful time of the year, and we appreciate you spending some of uh, that time with us. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys having me. Yes, sir. John Glennon, Broadway Sports. All right, when we come back, what did Mike Vrabel say specifically about Dylan Radens today, and what did he say about the right tackle position? There were a lot of things he didn't talk about. A lot about much, but he gave pretty detailed answers on both of those. We'll share that next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Appreciate John Glennon stopping by. Titans with a lot of big decisions to make as far as roster spots. Taylor Lewan. Talked about a bunch of different things today. He said, uh, and didn't, I, it's hard to believe he said this is his eighth year here. He said they've never had a roster this talented in all of his years. Taylor Lewan also uh, talked about just getting out and, and re- feeling really good when he played on Saturday night. He was able to play fast. That's exciting for Titans fans because a, a really healthy, good Taylor Lewan is, is huge because they just don't make a lot of people like that. Well, God yeah, doesn't you know, make many that tall, like that, that big, that fast, that athletic. Yeah, he's a special, gifted, talented player. But he's got to return to form so they can do other things and free up more players to get out on the pass route. <sighs> That's he can true. do the one on one against the best in the <laughs> business. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, gives old Tannehill some more options when he doesn't have to use a tight end or somebody to chip somebody uh, because, uh, you know, Taylor Wine can definitely take on his guy. Or you can just turn your, your, your offensive line to the right away yep. from LeJuan to help out. There you go. Yeah, that's that's why you pay those big blindside tackles, that, that big dough. He makes big dough. Be, that's uh, not cookie dough. By the way, you ate a whole cup of cookie dough when you got here today. I've never seen anybody bring in a cup of – he brought in a cup hey, of hey, cookie dough. And ate it. It too, I mean, it wouldn't matter what it had in it. A cup of cookie dough. I said, is that cookie dough? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. A free plug, Sunflower Cafe. Appreciate you. <laughs> Always doing well for me. It's a vegan restaurant, and these are healthy cookie dough snacks. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll yeah, have that, to... That's what they told me. <laughs> All right, I'll I have to try one sometimes. So Mike Vrabel did a Zoom earlier today. He didn't say he didn't say a whole lot about a whole lot of stuff, but he did talk about where Dale, uh, Dylan Radens is so far. This is what he said about the rookie drafted to be a tackle, but currently guard. Yeah, no, I'm at just you know I think where that competition is, it's going to probably fall on one of those three guys, and Dylan's going to continue to work and have to get better, and and he has. There's been improvement since since training camp and each game and. 
you know, it, but it's, there's a lot of things that go into that and you know, playing a guard and playing a tackle, having that ability to do both of those can be a real positive one. And, you know, where, where, where guys are each week, where we need him to be, uh, it would be nice that he can play multiple positions. Wanted to squeeze in this as well because what Mike Rabel was referring to at the beginning of that, it, one of those three guys, he was talking about the right tackle com uh, competition. It's still not settled, and it will not be Dylan Radens, but it will be one of three other players, Questenberry, Lamb, or Sambrilo. This is what Mike Rabel said about the right tackle. You know, there's been some moving parts there, Jim. I think that, uh, you know, we have some time, and I think that it's uh, still a competition. You know, we, we want to try to find the, the best guy uh, to play over there. Uh, Ty's been working his way back. Quiz has been, you know, in there consistently. And then, and then Kendall, you know, just has been, you know, obviously working his way back in just recently. So, you know, I think that that's probably going to go a little bit longer. Um, and, and we'll make sure that they're all given the opportunity and also, you know, figuring out what's going to be best, you know, for, for the rotation, uh, for the season, and then where the other pieces fall. It's Mike Vrabel talking about it. So, Blaine, we're wondering who might make the team, but there's a starting position that, that that's door yeah. still open on it. Yeah, that's Three what guys. I was asking JG about that. Yeah, so Lamb, who was injured, which I think he was probably leader in the clubhouse until the, the elbow uh, now, uh, Sambralo is, is playing pretty consistent and, uh, we shall see this, this is going to be, uh, one that he said that's still going on today. So they may not know the starter until maybe the week of the game or maybe three days or so before that they make that decision. Mm -hmm. Thing about, uh, Questenberry and Sambralo, both of those guys played a lot last year. Yep. So there's some familiarity and Kendall Lamb is the guy who's played Played a fair amount of football. He just hasn't done it here. But uh, like you said, he had come in. And it looked like he might be headed towards earning that job and, and got hurt. So that's uh, slow. I think it's an old injury, too. Yeah. So that that's a little concerning, being that uh, you're locking out a lot at the offensive line. Uh, he's got a big brace on there now. But hopefully that's in the backdrop, and I'm sure he wants to win, this, win the spot. Uh, yeah, because he was with the Browns last mm -hmm. year, right? He yeah. was. Solid player. Well, when we come on tomorrow, hopefully we know some more about what's going on with the Titans roster, but we will break it all down. We'll cover it all. they got to have them all in place by 3 o'clock tomorrow. So stay tuned to The Zone the rest of today because 3HL is coming up next and also all day tomorrow. And let's be honest, all day, every day. We always got you covered with the Titans and everything else. That's what we do. As always, 104.5, The Zone, the best in the business. And oh, by the way, happy Monday. It's starting already. Yes. And you know, Mickey, what we always do. Peace. Peace.